Ready, Dave? Hey, everybody. This is Don't Let's Start, a podcast about They Might Be Giants. This is the first episode. My name is Jordan Cooper, and this is my co-host and co-friend, Dave Fox. Hey, everybody. Hey, that's all we're really going to say. I stole your line. Yeah. Um, so this is a podcast about the band They Might Be Giants, and we are in my bedroom. Cards on the table. <laughs> we're in my bedroom. Full disclosure. And we're just, just hoping that this works out, and we're excited about it because They Might Be Giants is my personal favorite band. They're kind of, as the the you know the really big fans know, it's not just like a favorite band. It's almost like a lifestyle <laughs> of uh, mm. seclusion and... Uh, Would you say they're my favorite band as uh, well? Yeah. Well, so this is kind of what inspired me to do this podcast is I think, I think we both have an interesting relationship with the band and with each other. I don't think our relationship is that interesting. It's not that interesting. So anyway, <laughs> um, who are they might be giants? Who are we? <laughs> who are you? listening to this <laughs> yeah why are you why um as you know that's one of their albums is why every time we say a word that they've used we're gonna point it out um they might be giants are a band tell me more and that's you know that's really the extent of our knowledge <laughs> and we're hoping that you guys can fill in the gaps because we don't know anything about the band send your letters to uh so in all seriousness let's get serious yeah because they're a serious band stop fucking around Oh, we should point out, um, they, even though they do children's music, I, we did discuss that this is not a podcast for children. Put that out right there. Oh, now we're saying it? <laughs> yeah, now we're saying it. Well, mm. we might say the, the F word. Maybe you can give the examples. The I'm, other examples of bad words we shouldn't say? Yeah. <laughs> that I, I don't know. Dingleberries? Yeah. So, um, yeah, not, not a kid's podcast, even though they, do, they have made some kid's music. We'll get to that in a future ep. But right now, this is sort of the little intro episode to get us get us into it, get you into it. I assume that fans of the band are primarily the ones that would hear this, except maybe a few friends of ours. But I guess we should just pretend that people don't know who they are. They Might Be Giants are a band, John Flansburg and John Linnell. That was alphabetical order for those who care about that. Mm. And um, they write short, fun mysterious, dark, and disturbing, life-affirming. We once had a conversation where it was said that they have incredibly dark and depressing lyrics set to very jovial, uh, energetic music. Yes, that's a good way to get people into them. Though I do think... I think that kind of there you a, a fan reaches a certain level where the depressing actually becomes strangely like a comforting almost like I think there's more ways to look at it than just it's depressing but yeah well I mean everything depresses me so yeah that's true. it's not really that yeah. wasn't the only reason I got into them yeah Dave doesn't leave the house because everything depresses him no well there's nothing for me out there sunshine birds chirping little old ladies. <laughs> 
crawling under the door. Sorry, that was a David Lynch reference. But um, <laughs> one thing I like to say about They Might Be Giants and their their subject matter, you know, it's kind of like a dream logic kind of thing. One thing I definitely want to talk about on this show is their aesthetic in a general sense. I don't I don't know if we'll really get into interpreting the songs so much because one that can be a, a bit of a challenge, and I don't want to presume that you know. I'm any sort of authority on that kind of thing. But I think more of, of their aesthetic, the, you know, what they're, what they're going for, why we like them. You know what I mean? If we could get to the bottom of that Let's get, yeah. by the end of the yeah. series. Yeah. They're clearly a puzzle to solve. Even though Linnell c- constantly says in interviews that their song lyrics are not puzzles to solve. Well, it might interest the listener. Might not. Probably not. I mean, um, I'm interested. That I didn't get into them right away. They were kind of a hard sell. Yeah, so let, we'll talk about how, you know, our, because you care about how, how we got into them and why we're doing this. So Dave got into them through me. So, right. so I'll go first if we're going, in, you know, chronologically. So before liking They Might Be Giants, I didn't like any bands. Like I was in elementary school, I didn't. Oh, you go real far back. I'm going. We're going to the beginning. I'm so I'm 35. So we're talking. This is like 20 years before most people hearing this have probably been born. But um, <laughs> I'm 18, baby. Yeah, forever. Woo. So, what age did you get into them? Okay, so I was about 13. Ah, so so fun age. Elementary, <laughs> not really. Um, so in elementary school, so that's about you know to 12. I guess, I don't know why, I was certainly into movies and cartoons, but I didn't think of bands as a concept. Like, I love that band. All I listened to was Weird Al Yankovic. You're familiar, Dave? That's a band. It's a man. He has a band. He's a man with a band. (laughs) It's music. (laughs) Novelty music. To some, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think he's would admit that he does novelty music. But so But this isn't about him. Go this on. isn't about him. So I listened to him and I listened to basically movie soundtracks. I would buy if I liked a movie, I'd buy the Ghostbusters Weird kid. Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack or Beetlejuice or Batman. And I mainly listened to Weird Al and music soundtracks. Or movie soundtracks rather. So now this isn't the first time I heard them, but I'm you'll see why I'm going in this order. So one day I'm in my sister's bedroom. That sounds like the start mm. of a creepy story. <laughs> she had gone. Tell me more. I think she had gone to college mm. and was not living there. Your college age sister. <laughs> Go on. I was in her bedroom looking through her. I think I forget if I was looking through her cassette tapes. Mm. And I forget why I was doing this. I think I was looking for something that I had remembered. Like, oh, she had a copy of this mm. thing. No, I believe you. And there was a, a tape that was handwritten. It said handwritten on, I still have this somewhere. I think out of nostalgia, but it said they might be giants dash flood. I've never heard this story. Okay. So this is how now I'm interested. So I saw they might be giants flood. And then I said, Oh, they might be giants. I remember them from tiny tunes. Right. And we'll probably be talking about that. Tiny tunes was the literal first time I heard them, but to me, it wasn't very significant because I just said, Oh, that's an episode of tiny tunes, whatever. Probably me too. I, I, I imagine. Yeah. Um, 
I almost wish it wasn't the case because, like, I think like them, John and John, I have conflicted feelings about that. that <laughs> those Tiny Tunes. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> we'll we'll save it. Yeah, we'll save that for the maybe the flood episode or whatever. But so it, it you know it triggered that memory, and then I so I grabbed the tape and I put it on, and it's almost like with this, within seconds mm. I was obsessed with them. <laughs> like it wasn't a slow build. The second that the first song started, which, you know, They Might Be Giants fans know is the theme from Flood. Yeah. I thought it was weird and funny and it was, it's only like 10 seconds long. So I'm like, all right, love the first song. What's the next song? And the next Best, song, the next song's one of the biggest song of. Yeah. And I, I don't want to talk too much about Flood because we're going to get to that. But, the, you know, it instantly like, it really hit me hard. Like this infectious is a good, yeah, that's a good term for them. <laughs> infectious. Cause it sounds almost, uh, disgusting, mm. but, um, I don't know. It very quickly, I got obsessed with them. And then very quickly after that, I bought the previous two albums and, yeah. and also Apollo 18. And from that point on, I was like, so this is what it's like to, to have a favorite band which is I just got obsessed with everything about them, like the their, the lore of the, you know, the s stories about the songs and making the albums and the personal lives of the, the, the songwriters and who else is playing on these albums and where is there, then, then you know, this was, I guess this is going to be a lot of like feeling like an old man moments, but this is before YouTube, so there was no like, I'm going to look up all their stuff, you know. Yeah. This was like 1994. Five, maybe. So this was a real light bulb moment for you. You could say that. You, did you just make that up? Light bulb moment. That's so. I don't think I did. No. Oh. Almost positive. Yeah, it was. It was a big deal, and I. It, it really very very. I remember it being very quick. Like I listened to all the you know what I had over and over and over. Instantly started memorizing lyrics. Instantly started singing them in my head in class in like junior high school. Yeah, that, that's how it started with me. And then later on, I got in, you know, I think John Henry had come out. So I bought John Henry and then Factory Showroom is the first album I bought in real time where it like was the day of release. I was like, oh, the new album's out, but we'll get to that. But now I want to ask you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, just want to make sure the, the headphones are working. Just wanted to ask you. What's your uh, history with the band? What what a attracted you to them, especially to them physically? And mm. and what what do you uh, what do you what are we doing? I know you and another friend of ours, Daniel, listen to them a lot. And unlike you, I had a much later experience with them, probably eighteen, nineteen, maybe not that late. That's that, you know, I did not know that you were that old. Eighteen, nineteen is a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, definitely didn't get into them at 13 like you said you did. <laughs> did, you, did you get what I was doing? No, I, I kind of tuned out. I, th I thought you were saying the year 1819. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going, please. Um, no, I'm just, I, that went over my head because I'm really struggling to remember yeah, yeah. the <laughs> origins of, you know, as my brain starts turning more and more into Swiss cheese. Um, yeah. You and Daniel would play them a lot. Especially, Daniel is another uh, another boy from Queens, and you guys played them a lot. I remember we would, you know, over summers and stuff like that, hang out at the park, play them. 
uh, on a boombox or at each other's houses, things like that. Not only that, um, but I, our, me and Daniel's friendship actually started because of They Might Be Giants. So it's, it goes deeper than that even. But I don't know if that's a... Well, I can very... I guess we'll save that for when We could save on. that for another Spoiler time. Spoiler alert. But yeah, I did get to know him because we both discovered we liked They Might Be Giants. And that that became... That's that moment of, oh, instead of just some guy that I know, maybe we should actually be friends. I mean, I think I came from a background of listening almost only to punk and metal music. Yes. For the most part. Metallica. Metallica was my favorite. I thought the listeners band. would be like interested in the fact that like this big Metallica fan became a They Might Be Giants. I mean, fan. it's pretty strange. I, I still like, love both of them. Yeah, a lot. Because to me, I couldn't think of two bands that are no, more they're, different they're, in every possible way. They're completely different from each other, and I I like them both for very different reasons. Um, but like I said, they were a hard sell for me at first. Because of the music background I was from, which was heavier music, um, more aggressive music, to me, you know, they were almost quaint. <laughs> um, you know, they were almost, uh, they were very nerdy. light. Nerdy. I mean, I wouldn't even say nerdy. I just thought just, you know, it's funny because they do kids music now. Mm-hmm. And it seemed back then it was almost like for younger people. Oh, sure, sure. Because um, of the tiny tunes also. That's my, yeah, I mean, there my was issue like, with that. And then I think just out of playing them so much, which is really similar to the story Frank Black had about how he got into uh, They Might Be Giants because he had Flood stuck in his car Mm -hmm. radio, the cassette player. He claims it got stuck. Mm. I think he's still a little embarrassed. (laughs) We can talk about that. Me and Dave can easily do a Frank Black podcast as well, but I actually think there already is one. So, Mm. Um, I wonder who's going to write in and say, can Dave stop going, hmm? <laughs> I'll be the first one. Mm. I'll start it off, and then everyone can join me. I don't like opening my mouth much to respond. So, hmm. Dave's lazy. Dave is a lazy man. I'm a lazy man. The less he can open his mouth, you know, the happier he'll be. Though actually smiling takes a lot out of, out of your mouth, too. Everything takes a lot out of me. Yeah. So keep, please continue. You're into Metallica and you would, so here's the the thing is, and I've been meaning to interject with this, which is that, you know, please, please do. If you are the friend or the girlfriend, girlfriend, or maybe boyfriend, uh, of Of someone (laughs) or maybe even sibling or any, you know, if you're someone who knows someone who's obsessed with, they might be giants. There's just no doubt that you will end up hearing all of their songs many, many times. Right. And there's also sort of an exclusive nature about it too, where you get a little bit um, pushed out of the fandom if you don't get it right away. Oh, so, so, oh I thought you were going somewhere else with that. So yeah, so you're saying you don't want to half know they might be giants because of uh, well, if you're on judgment. The, if you're on the outside of that and you see two upset, because I do think you can't casually like them. That's, Yeah. Well, so what happens is, and I've noticed this when I bring them up with people, is if someone, I meet someone who does casually like them, maybe they have an album or two, or maybe they're, and they say something that in my eyes is very, um, I don't know, ignorant or foolish, like, like, which, which John is which, you know, it's like so shocking (laughs) to a fan. It's like, you know, it's almost a, uh sacrilegious kind of thing to say like what you don't know and i know i'm aware that that is a little obnoxious and but it's it's so hard to 
when, well, you're, so when you're obsessed with something, it's hard to see other people's uh, views on it. So I think it was a little intimidating in that sense to kind of get into the door. Um, but you guys were listening to them so much, started, you know, permeating. I think me and Daniel would, my subconscious. would walk around with you and just sing them. <laughs> like like right. we'd surround you like stereo style and just like harm, do harmonies and right. stuff, which I'm sure was, was great for you. Right. That wasn't great. But so I think I was like, all right, well, my two really great friends are always oh singing God, their Dave. praises. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, let me back that up. Two okay friends were <laughs> really into them. I thought, okay, there must be something to this. We listened to them more. I still don't think I had any albums of my own. Um, oh, yeah. I actually don't even know when you got your, like, independently got your first album. I don't really, I can't remember because I picked up a lot of stuff uh, from used CD stores when that was oh we should let we should let the younger people know Mm. what a cd store is Um, or or a cd so it was kind of like walking into an ipod (laughs) (laughs) it's like imagine if you can shrink yourself down really tiny and oh wait they don't know what ipod is ipods even (laughs) they don't know what tiny is yeah that's yeah words are gone now so imagine imagine walking into a room that's filled with music on tangible, tangible, physical media. And you could purchase that for an overpriced (laughs) fee. It wasn't free. It wasn't free. Everything is free now. Um, or you could steal it, but it was a lot harder. (laughs) When you stole it in real life, you, you, you know, you got beat up, you got beat up by the music police. Um, not the police, the band, (laughs) um, yeah, so well, so it's hard for me to pinpoint because I think I probably borrowed something from you or Daniel, and then I maybe bought something I, in a store. I'll I'll research I and was try to remember. Mix CDs <laughs> like crazy for people, so it's actually very likely that I made you a mix CD. I made it for a bunch of people. I have one definite memory where we were at a Generation Records, <laughs> and I saw Flood, and I asked, and I think you and Daniel were there also, and I said like. Is this, is this a good album? Should I get this one if I'm getting into them? Which and is like I, kind of a I, crazy... I remember I slammed you against the wall <laughs> and I said, is this a good album? Is this a good album? Scary. Someone, it must have been Daniels. I don't think you would have this opinion, but I think at the time, Daniel was like, well, the second half of the album isn't that great, but the oh. first half has like, you know, a lot of hit songs and stuff on it. Sure. Which, you know, the second half of the album I like absolutely love now. Oh, yeah. And if anything, I skip over. I would kill, I would <laughs> kill the, my firstborn for the yeah. second half of Flood. So I would kill the secondborn too. I'd kill all my children. But I also had John Henry that was given to me. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'm not uh, addressing your jokes <laughs> is because I'm really struggling don't, to remember. Don't address my yeah. jokes. No, no, I can't. If I address your joke, I will lose my train of thought yeah. very quickly. Um, so I have, to, I have to go back on that. I can remember when I bought or got somewhere or another get <laughs> uh certain albums like down to the store or you know mm. where i got it from but i can't remember the, the cr- chronology chronology but you you think it. you bought it because we had assured you that it was worth diving in deep right but i must have had one or two albums before that and i just didn't want to buy the quote-unquote bad ones <laughs> yeah so i think at least in uh, 1994 
five or so. They're in my eyes. Well, I guess this spoils my opinions of of their albums coming up. But in my eyes, there was no bad ones because I was so I agree deeply obsessed that I could not even I could not even conceive of what someone else might consider a flaw in those songs or in anything about right. the whole presentation of the whole thing. But just to get back to sure what won me over. I don't know if you remember this, you may, but in 1999, they had a New Year's show at yeah. Irving Plaza. Was it Irving Plaza? <laughs> oh, Dave. No, it was, was, tra- it? It was Tramps. It was tramps in New York City. We waited in the freezing cold. It, okay, online. yeah, you're right. Tramps. One friend of ours decided to right bone to bail. out and go home. And this is uh, back in the which, days. As a fan, shocked me because I was like, "You are not. You're leaving. A they might be Giants show." Well, also to wait three hours in the cold and then leave before even seeing them. Also, these are back in the days where we had nothing to do but wait three hours to see a concert. The world was our oyster. I think we were just had, really had nothing to do. But, or you could say the world was our oyster. <laughs> but um, there must have been a point where you guys had convinced me to see them live. To and I'm, I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't have seen. Them I remember if I, I didn't I think slammed, there was a grain there. Yeah, I slammed you up against the wall. Yeah, stop. I really uncomfortable <laughs> with that. And analogy. I said, "You haven't seen them live. You haven't <laughs> seen them live." Yeah, I mean, I must have listened to them enough that I was at least curious, and I obviously wanted to come along for especially the ride cause, anyway because the albums especially the the pre-band albums you're like you can't even conceive of what they that would sound right. like live because they're so right because um, they didn't have a band they're kind of rigid sounding and very um you know synthesized yeah i mean everything is studio so i just remember seeing them and being like really surprised and blown away by like how going back again to like the fact that i came from heavier music Mm. They were very loud, very musical. You would say they they made Metallica look like a bunch of little babies. <laughs> I think they were just very uh I was surprised at how loud and how rocking they were. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was like how I perceived them when you guys were trying to get into me. It was just like a regular rock concert. Um, trying to get you into them, you mean? 
What I say? He said, trying to get into me or something. We were already into you. We were your friends. Mm. Yeah, I completely know what you're talking about. And this is bringing back some memories of seeing them for the first time and being almost shocked. I, I would like to do an episode fully about the live experience with them. And because the, we've both gone to so many shows over, we both, we live in New York City. Cards on the table. Again, there's a lot of cards <laughs> piling up, but uh, we both live in New York City, which is where. John and John live, and um, so I've they, seen them more they do a than a lot of shows here. I've seen them more than any other band. Yeah, that my, my I, girlfriend that I'm said into. the same thing about them, and as, and as did my wife. It's in, put in a kind of a tone that's not the way I would say it. Right. Well, my <laughs> wife says she's seen them more than she would have. Yeah. Uh, expected to see them. <laughs> yeah. See, when I was when I say it, I'm like, I've seen them more than any other band. <laughs> when when the girlfriend says it, it's I've seen them more than any other band. <laughs> I think it is though, because the New York City thing and the fact that they're so prolific and always playing and doing theme shows and they do the theme shows are great and they're charming and uh, they're fun. The banter. The banter. Um, I'd like to do a best of banter episode that's a challenge i meant our banter mm. so so continue your your story. future episodes I, I promise i'll open my mouth more yeah dave we're gonna work on this we're gonna get like a like a well one of those little what are they called like a clench ball gag ball g- no like a uh like you t- it, you change a tire with <laughs> you prop up the car a jack a jack we're gonna jack put a jack into Dave's mouth, <laughs> make sure it stays, make sure it stays open. Uh, this is not a podcast for kids. We, we, Once under, again, we understand that they, there are some young fans that out there. And you know, if your, your kid has an iPhone and he looks this up, uh, I just, I just thought it would be too challenging for us to, to not, yeah. You know, Though I will say, I don't think we should purposefully try to be no, as no, gross no. as we would be off Mike, not, I'm not. I don't want it to be gross. I'm making it a personal but challenge to myself. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I don't want to talk too much about the live shows because I do. There is a lot to talk about there. Right. And this is still kind of the intro show. Uh, but so yeah, you you were fully. I think seeing them live is what you're telling me. Yeah, I think seeing them live uh, was the tipping point, and I was already like I said, it was definitely. Um, becoming more and more obsessed with them. You lost your, your, go go ahead, (laughs) go ahead. You lost your, they might be giants virginity. Mm -hmm. Okay. So seeing them live really convinced you that they're like a worthwhile enterprise to, to dig into and be a, you know, cause seeing them live, I mean, it it also humanizes them. At least it happened to me when I saw them live, I was like, oh, they're, they're people. Well, it was funny because I'm remembering that you, since we had this big show that we were all going to, you know, especially New Year's, it was like kind of a big deal for us at the time. We were preparing for it. And you guys especially were preparing me. See, I, don't, I have were, no memory. Of I'm this. remembering this now, actually. Oh, and cool. I, I even was saying like, well, what songs are they going to be playing live? And you and Daniel sort of like made a list, <laughs> made sort of like a playlist. Like Check these are twice. likely... Uh, to be heard at a They Might Be Giant show. And I was, because, you know, if I, again, being a fan of music in general, but live music also, like I wanted to know the songs. Yeah. And I wanted to have that really immersive experience. So I didn't want to go in uh, not knowing what any of the songs were, what the material was. Hearing, hearing a song live for the first time is, a, is a, I've noticed, this, this isn't even directly specific to They Might Be Giants, but it's a strange, you don't really hear it. 
you're kind of hearing it, but your your brain is going. Right. Your brain is trying to be like, do I like this new song? Is this oh, what, what was that line he just sang? Right. Uh, blah blah blah, and you know. Hearing hearing songs you know, I'm I'm all in favor of <laughs> enjoying songs that you already like in a live context. What do you think about that? I think I can agree with that. Okay, good. Well, that's been no. Uh, yeah. So so keep going. We we made you a list, and you know, based on listening to those songs a lot in particular, the experience of hearing them live it was very. It was just totally transformative. Oh. Um, it is though. I mean, I, I could be sarcastic about that, but it really, it really were. is. It, it really is. It is transformative. Well, because then I went back and listened to the stuff I had heard live, and I just I kind of listened to it a new way, and then I think that's where the snowball started. Mm. Um, you know, then getting everything, and then kind of catching up to the point where you guys were. At that point on, it was all being experienced new at the same time for all of us because I was caught up. Yes, yes, we were we were in it together, and then it became a thing where we all experience you know every new release at the same time. Nobody was. Um, on the on a different page, but I guess it's uh, in you know to sum it up, it was a very gradual indoctrination yes. into the the band that then turned into a very quick uh, love affair. Oh, yeah. Can I say that? I think you can say that. I don't know if they'd be comfortable <laughs> with you saying it. I don't want to say obsession because I don't think I'm obsessed with them. Yeah, that, that's why That's why I, I was excited. I, I don't really think I'm obsessed I, with anything. That's why I was excited to do this yeah, podcast. Because I, I I, I'm pretty comfortable saying I'm obsessed with them, though, though I'd like to think I'm obsessed with them in a, in a, very, uh, in a very safe, uh, sane way. Like I, I feel like I have a... Debatable. I feel like I have a good head on my shoulders. I understand. Debatable. Uh, you know, I, I totally get what where they're coming from. And I've I've met them several times. We can talk about that in the future and blah, blah, blah. Had little, I've had in my interactions with them and with the band members that I'm like, okay, I was, it was just like a normal. You I distinguish was, yourself from other fans. Oh, I'm, I'm as not, being I'm not trying to. Better. To, I'm not trying to. T- just say it. I'm not trying to distance myself from that. I just say the word obsessed can have certain connotations. Well, that's why I don't. I didn't feel comfortable saying that. I'm very enamored. <laughs> <laughs> to me, obsessed uh, is accurate because it really does paint a picture of the the memorizing the lyrics and the memory, like listening. I'll listen yeah. to an entire album. I'll just listen to what the bass is doing. Europe. See, Dave's a bass player, so he's probably done that just as like a cards on the table. Cards. Dave, the table is full of cards. Yeah, I'm a bass player. Dave's a bass player. I'm, we're both musicians. We've performed that they might be giant songs for fun. I've covered them on my own. So yeah, we're we're pretty we're in deep with this band. I think by next week I'm going to come up with the exact word that I'm going to use to describe my fandom with them. Yeah, I like enamored. I think that's like sweet. Mm. The obsession for me is is. 
it's not like an uncontrollable obsession <laughs> in that sense. That's what I meant. It, it's more of a, it's like after those few early years, I was like, okay, there's, there's no two ways about it. This is my favorite band. And now it's like, even if I haven't listened to them for, let's say like a month or two, cause I'm just listening to other bands, you know, that I love. If someone were to ask me, what's your favorite band? I just, I, I can't not say they might be giants. Cause to me, that would almost be crazy. Like right. once, once, like when I'm really into another band, I'll, I'll be tempted to be like, like another band I love is a band called the Rio Statics. And they're like a Canadian band that kind of has a similar cult presence of, of they might be giants and they're similar artsy. There have been times where I've said my favorite band is the Rio Statics, but after saying it, I go, I just remember my, you know, junior high years. I remember all that obsessing. So yeah, that kind of leads me to, to the whole point of this intro episode, which is why I do this. Um, one reason, I don't think anyone's doing this. It's kind of amazing to me that no one's done this, considering that They Might Be Giants fans tend to be like very um, self-starters and doing things for the band. You know, they'll make music videos, they'll make tribute albums, they'll yeah. do so much. And I'm like, ah, oh, there's no podcast. Hopefully by the time we get this out, there's still no podcast. Yeah. So that's part of the reason. Uh, the other reason is me and Dave as friends. That's me. That's Dave over there. He's he's like four feet away from me. Fake name. We talk about them a lot. And I've I just started noticing that we can easily get together, talk about like maybe even just like one song for like 20 minutes. And I'll be like, well, I think other fans of the band might, you know, find it entertaining at yeah, least. Maybe. If not. It's worth a shot. I might, mean, if you don't turn it off. Yeah, look, turn this off right now <laughs> if you're not anything And I would not blame thrilled. anyone. If, if you're anything but thrilled with this, turn it off. Look, appreciate our candor. We're doing this mostly for ourselves. Uh, we, You know, I do have hopes that it can grow into something interesting. But I would not hold it against anyone if they didn't want to hear it. No, this is this is optional. I want to make this clear. This is, this is yeah. an optional podcast. We're, this is free. And where do you get off judging you us? Know, you walk in here with your your shoes, your legs, your legs. Yeah, you got a little blazer. Anyway, yes. So yeah, I, I just feel like this is just something. It's a hole that we're filling <laughs> with our knowledge and our 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 joy for this band. And there's some critical stuff too. We have a lot of opinions about them, especially you know, uh, there's there's certain points in their career that we have a lot to say. <laughs> a lot of things to say about all in good fun all in good fun of course um no one's getting hurt so yeah i, I think this podcast if if someone's a casual fan maybe or even a more than casual fan we might have some interesting uh things that they don't know about that we could we could play or talk about i assume <laughs> i think we're uh, the, we're allowed to play their music uh i'm not going to play anything for a length of time out of fear of uh legal action but but just know it's done out of love. It's done out of love. You can't sue love. You can't buy love, I've heard. Money can't buy you love. You know, I, I want to talk about a lot of the rare songs, a lot of the demos. Yeah. I'm sort of obsessed with like the unreleased stuff myself, you know? The shining spoons of this town are pointing your direction. Can you keep a secret? And a lot of things about the band are very interesting to me, like their their whole history, 
their whole there's like a almost like a mythology right. to to these two <laughs> very normal guys. One thing I, I like about them that's kind of you know held up over the years is just how they just seem like decent normal people. Because you know there are some bands you or people or any artist you can like where you are constantly hearing horrible <laughs> like horror right. stories or or you know or stuff that you just are just is baffling like oh that guy I like is weird well they haven't had any controversies there's really. no controversies thank thank christ for that and th- whoa and that's uh that's refreshing i think in christ the music a, business a industry yeah it is refreshing and so one one thing i that might might be um you know even pushing my fandom even more is just that they seem like funny nice normal guys and it's, it's it's sort of refreshing and it's also such a contrast because the the lyrics and the whole presentation of the band is you know can be very abstract and very complicated mm. or uh, obtuse any interview with them you know you you really do see that they're just they're people who really really care about what they're doing they care about the you know keeping a quality level up over right. the well, years well they're workaholics they're, and they very much treat music as a profession and a job and doing the best job they can. Yes. Also, I, I wanted to say in case anyone's doubting our, you know, I don't want to say I'm, we're authorities on the band, but just to give an idea, I mean, I've read every single possible article and interview I could. I've, I've really dedicated many, <laughs> many man hours and boy hours to <laughs> and man boy hours. and man boy hours to, Learning about this band, uh, you know, being in the being in the info club, being you know, over, over the years, they had the old info club where they would mail you these like little these pamphlets or these like little magazines that had like Q and A's with them and all this trivia. Um, and I will say that I back up Jordan's claims, but that I am definitely not an expert. Yeah, you definitely know as much as anybody can know about a band. Uh, yeah. I've been shocked a few times when I meet someone who seems to know as much as me or more than me. There's maybe only maybe one or two people I can think of. Uh, maybe they're listening, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely something I feel pretty knowledgeable in. Uh, I'm I'm very welcome if there's something I say that's a, a mistake. You can correct me. There's no contact info as of yet, but we're gonna work on that. But, uh, <laughs> you can contact me yet. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, don't contact me. Yeah. So I. I find them just so interesting on on every level. I I I'm interested in the differences between the two Johns. I think that's something I can talk. I I have probably talked about for <laughs> hours at a time. Right. Their songwriting, you know, their personalities. It's actually like a very classic kind of uh, friendship pairing. Extrovert introvert. Extrovert introvert, and you know, kind of. It's like there'd be no band without Flansburg because I mean, obviously, but. What I mean is I've always, I've actually said many times cause I, I do music. I'm like, I wish I had a Flansburg in my band right. to do all the marketing and promotion and graphic design. Well, and he seems to be an endless source of energy. Yes. It's, it's insane and schmoozing and, you know, and I, I've always seen myself as more of a Linnell type, which is I will lock myself in my room and work on songs yeah. and, it's an incredible amount of effort for me to promote myself and get them out there or even really know who out there would like the thing. Like I think Flansburg is kind of a genius at figuring out who out there would like their music. That's something I still haven't figured out for myself, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, because so Dave here is a, he does punk music. He's in a punk band. What's the name of that band? Uh, Dead on a Friday. Yes. So there's like a built-in audience for like the melodic, you know, pop punk. I would say, but but something like They Might Be Giants, it's like how do you how do you um, designate you know the personality of someone who would would be into that. And they talk about that a lot, especially being in the pop art scene of uh, the Lower East Side in the '80s, coming out of that scene and just trying to make. Uh, almost performance art, the craziest stuff that they could make yeah. to get the attention. And the one thing that Flansburg has said is that they were they were too artsy for the rock venues and right. not artsy enough for the artsy venues. Uh, they also talked about Steve Buscemi used to do shows with them. <laughs> he had a weird performance art thing that he did. I would love to see footage cool. of that. Oh my God. Yeah, one thing I'm always obsessed with is is seeing or hearing just any of those old super artsy they might be giants live shows with the apparently they had props they had yeah. giant sombreros <laughs> they Linnell claimed in an interview or maybe it was a Q&A that they would wear hammocks on you know they would lie in hammocks on stage for oh my God, one of their amazing. songs yeah that, that brings up a lot of questions how did they set up the hammocks how did they can we do that for this yeah <laughs> well there is a bed right behind you Dave you can, oh, if you want to if you want to get right in there I'll cuddle up next to you. Mm. Can record it under the under the blanket like we were having a sleepover. Something to think about. So yeah, the the goal with this podcast, if there is one, uh, I hope fans find it entertaining. I hope people who are casually interested in them maybe feel the need to to look deep. You can also decide if you're a Dave or a Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have a poll put up, uh, a physical poll on the sidewalk, and <laughs> that's that's separate though. Yeah, it's unrelated. Yeah, yeah, and. Ooh, we could put in contact stuff here. So yeah, I also have a Twitter. Oh, hi, Jordan uh, should do it. <laughs> and sometimes I do tweet obscure things about they might be giants. I notice th those get almost no traction <laughs> on Twitter. That's, that's going to be it for this intro episode. I'm very excited about the stuff coming up. There's so many things. They've, they've had a, a long career that's still going very strong, and they're so prolific. That's one of my favorite things about them is how much there is. It is pretty great that when you... I said grape? You said grape. I didn't. It was on the line. Maybe it's the mic. Just but, blame the mic. But let's say I said they were grape. Yeah. They're also great mm. uh, because they do have so much stuff to get into that you can really unpack. Yeah. There's a lot. It's whether it's comparing different versions of songs or, you know, the, the, all that, the whole progression of the band and, you know, the, the different detours they've taken over the years. Yeah. It's really great. Uh, especially if you're just getting into them, how much stuff you can listen to. It's very, it's pretty rare that a band would have as many albums that as they do that are also all very good. <laughs> they're they're fairly consistent. We can right. we can debate that, but it's also that they have not broken up. They're still right. not many bands have lasted this long, and not only lasted this long, but some bands will take like four years between albums. Or they're they put out songs every freaking week, and they're very quick. And sometimes they put out three albums a year. Sometimes sometimes <laughs> there's too much. I mean, I, even as an obsessive fan, we're at a moment in time where there are a dozen or so songs that I am not very familiar with because they put them out so ma yeah. so often that I can't keep up and I'll I'll listen to them but I you and know. they also claim that they edit themselves 
Very strictly. Yeah. So there must be even more material that is finished that doesn't make it to albums. That's what blows my mind is they'll talk about, oh, this album was a whole other album. And then we decided yeah. to cut out 80% of it and make new. It's like, well. And sometimes they put that stuff out later, but I feel like a lot of it. it's better than the album. Yeah. <laughs> too. But I feel like a lot of it also just never surfaces. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I have a lot of. For various reasons. I have a lot of opinions about that. I really, I do think they're they're probably sitting on a big mountain of, of, uh, you know, well, I guess in the old days, they probably do have a bunch of cassettes from the eighties and nineties yeah. of, of stuff, but they must with digital, they must have billions of reject versions of songs. I mean, I do for right. my own stuff. So I know I kind of have an idea of what it's like where you're just like, there's that song. Oh, that doesn't work though. I do admire their they're very um, committed to shaping and reshaping a song until it's perfect. Right. Whereas my own attitude and maybe you too is kind of like, that's, that's good. That's good. That's a song. Let's move on to a new one. For my stuff. I, I definitely am very hard on myself for what I do and I definitely edit and re-edit, but I'm nowhere near as prolific. So I'll edit and re-edit and try to have the best version of maybe three songs say, well, yeah. they'll have like, okay, 30. Yeah. I sometimes tr I'll think of my, like an inner Flansburg voice telling me like that chorus isn't good enough. Rewrite the chorus or make the verse of the chorus or whatever is the best part. Right. Add another best part. And then you've got a song made up of only the best parts. So I really admire that. So there's, there's so much to talk about with them. There's, there's so many interesting things about their history about, I mean, I, I want to talk about the, there's the documentary, there's, there's so many things that Daniel's in that Daniel is in the extra features. I will get to that. There's a lot to talk about that when yeah. we do that. It's uh, the great thing about doing a podcast. It's can be anything you want. It can be anything you want. You can picture us any way you want. Also true. We'll, we'll we will never reveal what our faces look like <laughs> because they might be giants. Don't uh, used to not do. They used to have a role. No, no faces on their album cover. But then I noticed this doesn't make sense because the, their first album when you take out that vinyl, their faces are on it. That's true. There's a little picture of them. <laughs> so what the hell are they talking about? I guess I guess if you're browsing in the store, you can't look at it because it's well, true. It has a cartoon of them. It has a cartoon of them, but I was basically actually, looks like them. I was actually surprised when I bought the first album on vinyl, like mainly to hang on my wall because I do not own a record player. But when I opened it up and saw there was like a goofy picture of them making yeah. a funny face or two funny faces because they're two people. Um, I was very shocked. It almost seemed out of character because they're, they're very Flansburg especially seems very strict about controlling their, the image of the band and making it not too, uh, silly or, you know, not, not to be dis dismissed as a novelty act, which is a huge topic to talk about. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Okay. So that's, that's the end of this episode. We did it. We did it. Uh, it was kind of, kind of an experiment, kind of a shot in the dark, a little bit of whistling in the dark. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to it. I had fun. Yeah. I had fun too. I, I enjoy fun. I love fun. I don't know if I like fun, mm. but we're going to, uh, we're going to see you again soon. I want to put up the next episode soon to get some momentum going. So that's it. And the check's in the mail. See you in church. And don't you ever change. Bye. Bye.